1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. DSC.
1: For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is. This. This, this
0: is views is from pitch Stream.
1: Now. Here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, away we go on another rousing rendition of the Views from Mint Street Podcast. Welcome in, Cats fans, one and all. I am Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show based in Greenville, South Carolina, right in the heart of Panthers country. And of course, alongside me virtually as always, he is the great one, my co-host on both that show and this pod Lonzo Reitzel is here as well, and so a lot of things to get into on the pod today, but the thing that grabbed my attention, the thing that I wanted to get to first and foremost, the thing that jumped out immediately to me was now you have multiple players led primarily by Derek Brown, who has uh, has now come out and said that I don't want to speak for everybody on the locker room, but then he did that anyway. But we want Steve Wilkes to come back as the head coach of this football team. And you kind of hit an interesting point here because on one hand, there are some of us that still ask the question like, okay, is this a post-mat rule bump or has Steve Wilkes really found something? Basically, can he do the job of coach? But as we've talked about on this pod multiple times over the past few weeks, if nothing else, if nothing else, step one of becoming a successful head coach is to have your locker room in line in lockstep and having each other's back. And based on the fact that Derek Brown and others have now come out and told, uh, I think Derek Brown said it on good morning football. If I recall correctly that they want Steve Wilkes to be that guy. They want Steve Wilkes to be the head coach. I got to tell you, I was, I was kind of 50, 50 Detroit win kind of moved you up to like 65, 35. I'm probably sitting about 80, 20 right now. That Steve, Co- Steve Wilkes is the right guy for the job next year. If he truly does have the locker room and Derek Brown said the whole locker room's on board and no one has come out and said anything to the contrary yet. If he truly does, the, have the entire locker room sitting with him. Uh, then he is the right guy for the job, in my opinion. All right, so
0: you and I are not on the team, even though we're doing a podcast about the team, which makes us feel like we're part of the team. We're not We're not really part of the team, so so we don't know how it is. And I'm sure the, the rah-rah part of Steve Wilkes, he seems like a coach that you'd want to play for. He absolutely does. But uh, I threw down some criteria that he still hasn't reached yet for me. He hasn't surpassed Matt Rule yet. You give me one more. You give me one more, and you might get me to 70, 70, 30. You might get me to 70, 30. Right now, I'm like at 90, okay? You got to get me another win, and you can look at it and think, well, the Panthers have beat both these teams that they have left, So, and they're playing better right now every other week, um, but this will be that other week, so we'll see what we get for that. They've only won two games in a row, what, once this year? And I have went from the eternal optimist at the beginning of this season, way back in August, to turning into Rob Brown. I don't know if I like that or not, but uh, I like to win. And, you know. And the Panthers haven't done a whole lot of that. And I've had bosses that I've worked for that I really liked, but they weren't good at their job, and they didn't stay at the job very long because they weren't good at their job. You give me one more win and I might lean towards you, but right now I still think they need another guy.
1: Lonzo, are, are, are we, uh, as pro wrestling fans, are we in the middle of a classic double turn right now? I think we, I kind of feel like we're in a double turn. Like you've gone face to heel. I've gone heel to face. Um, listen, I, I, like I said, the, the lion's job, the lions win, pet me up a little bit but having a guy like Derek Brown go on Good Morning Football, uh, a, a national show, and tell the host of that show everybody in the locker room wants that guy to stay on board. Again, we have seen a lot of coaches that are very good with the X's and O's, Urban Meyer, et cetera, that have a powder keg of a locker room underneath them. And it doesn't matter how football smart they are They're human being dumb and it ends up getting them in trouble. And we've seen the opposite as well. We've seen a lot of guys that uh, have a, a a great locker room. They build a great culture and a great foundation, but when it comes time to play the game on Sundays, they just can't get it done. They just can't coach. Uh, Ron Rivera is to some degree in that camp. You've got to find the balance of both. And again, I I think we're working obviously with such a limited sample size of work for Steve Wilkes. I can definitively say that he has built a culture. He has built a locker room that I I think you would be happy to be a part of if you were an NFL player. Now we have to finish seeing if he can get the X's and the O's rights and do so while reminding ourselves that, he is still working on a, on a on a coaching staff that is majority selected by Matt Rule, an offensive coordinator that was selected by Matt Rule that none of us think is the right guy for the job. And he is winning in spite of all of that. I know you're- you know, Wait, wait, asking, wait,
0: wait. I just, I gotta say something. You, you've said this before a couple of times, and I just now started thinking about this because I'm slow. He also was picked by Matt Rule. Sure. I, I mean, so if being, you question, being, no, no, no. If you question Matt Rule's selection process and all that kind of stuff, Matt Rule picked Steve Wilkes. I'm just saying. I'm just, I, if you can be critical all the way around, and that's fine and, and, and justly so. But at the same time, Matt Rule picked
1: Steve Wilkes. Being picked by Matt Rule does not inherently make you a bad coach. Remember, he also picked. Joe Brady to be the offensive coordinator out of the gate. Uh, Joe Brady ended up being the sacrificial lamb last year when somebody had to go to, to, to calm down the restless natives, so to speak. And there's a lot of us out there, myself included, that think not only will Joe Brady be back as an OC in the NFL, but that he will be a very good one. And there is potential for head coaching success in Joe Brady. A blind squirrel finds a nut and a broken clock is right twice a day. Wilkes was an obvious pickup for the coaching staff. Uh, and it was a good one by rule. The point, however, is that even if Matt rule built a coaching staff that we all looked at and went, damn, that's a really good assembly of talent there. It is still not the staff that he picked. If you'd like to use the the, the radio analogy, uh, talking about experience. I have worked in a lot of places where there have been a a lot of really talented guys, but then a new PD gets hired and he lets two or three of them go and he keeps one or two and he builds his team and then they do a really good job because that's his team. Steve Wilkes is not working with his team, but he's working with somebody else's team. And again, I know you're looking for him to – get over Matt Rule's single season win total, but I do have to keep hammering on the fact that he had five fewer games. If if Steve Wilkes got to coach weeks one through five, he would all, probably already be past that win total, right? All right. He all right. definitively would have with the Saints.
0: I just I gotta know right now, without the two games left, you would hire Steve Wilkes right now.
1: I would I would. I think I would pull the trigger, and I think I would pull the trigger, and here's why. Denver has let go of Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, There are rumors out there right now, and nothing more than rumors, but there were rumors out there that Belichick could be let go by New England despite all he's done because of the drama going on there. Uh, The Raiders have gone ahead and waved the white flag with the announcement early on Wednesday that Derek Carr would be benched for the rest of the year for Jarrett Stidham, ladies and gentlemen, that is correct. The former Auburn War Eagle Tiger, Uh, there are going to be a lot of other teams that are going to be placing phone calls right now, and I promise you at least a couple of them is going to look at what Carolina looks like right now, a team that was expected to be competing for a first overall draft pick. And instead, granted, it's because the division is garbage, but a team that could still win their division, get into the playoffs. And if they play like they'd get against Detroit, surprise some people. uh, I would pull the trigger on Steve Wilkes because if you don't do it now, if you don't start telling him now, go ahead and start decorating that HC office, a Denver or a Las Vegas, if they decide to move on or a team like that, will absolutely be on the phone going, we saw what you did and we're interested And you don't want somebody coming in and outbidding you for a guy that your team, without being spurred on, is already out there saying, we want this guy back. Oh, and by (laughs) the way, by the way, real quick, and then I'll shut up and let you finish your point. Think about the chemistry in that locker room. If they are going on national programs going, this is our dude, this is our guy, this is the guy we're going to rally behind. If Fitterer or Teps go, nah. We don't think it is. We're going to do something else. There is a locker room chemistry and morale to be considered now that they're speaking publicly as well.
0: All right. Again, I hate sounding so negative. I really do. I want Steve Wilks to be the guy because be, because it would be a cool story if he could turn things around and could win the NFC South. But he hasn't shown me enough to hire him right now. He gets one more win. Like I said, that's going to influence me a little bit. You get two more wins. You make it in the playoffs. Whether you win or not in the playoffs – then you have turned things around. I'm not worried about sample size. I'm more worried about winning back to back games. I'm more worried about winning a road game, which is what they're going to have to do. They will. The rest they- of the way. Well, you say that. You, you say that. They, they've got to win next week. They've got to beat Tampa Bay. Then you're in first place. Then you got to beat New Orleans. And if New Orleans comes in uh, after winning a game, then that's for the South. And I still believe Steve Wilkes has to win the South in order to win the job. I think if he does not, he's done. And I don't I don't have the optimism that you do that people will be on the phone calling him, maybe to come and, and be a defensive coordinator, but not to be a head coach because this will be two failed jobs. And, yes, interim coach. But he had the majority of the season to be the coach. Uh, he had more, more games – when did they let uh, Matt Rule go? Was that like Game we Four, five. five? Okay, so he had twelve games to prove himself. That's practically the whole season.
1: And no, yes, no, it's yes, it's like eighty percent of the season, which is practically the whole season. No, it's not. No, no, if you I know gave what's, you eighty you know percent the whole of a season? sandwich. You'd be like, where the hell's the rest of my sandwich?
0: Well, obviously, you would have taken two really big bites out of the sandwich. I guess I don't know. But, I no, he, he's had the majority of the season. He's had enough time. The sample size is going to be big enough by the end of the year to know what you got. got. Uh, depends on if Tepper listens to the players or if he has an idea of somebody else that he could get in there. I know we've mentioned Sean Payton. we mentioned some other guys. There are some big names that are possibilities if you're willing to spend money for them or draft picks that I think would be better coaches than Wilkes. But I hope Wilkes is the guy. I hope he wins the next two games. I hope he wins the playoff. I hope the Panthers go to the Super Bowl. They're not, but I still hope they do.
1: The Views for Ministry podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Brown, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel with you as we talk Carolina Panther football. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you are subscribed to the Views for Street podcast wherever major podcasts are found so that you don't miss a moment of Views for Ministry. Click that bell notification so that you can know. Exactly when we drop a new episode, like we will on Friday when we preview this weekend's matchup, which very well may be for the division title between Carolina and Tampa. Speaking of Steve Wilkes and the gang, let's take a look at some of the comments that got made in the post game presser. And I want to give you uh the 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 opening comments of one Steve Wilkes. And this is one more reason that I am solidified in my thought that he is definitely the right guy. Here is how he opened his press conference after the dub over Detroit. He said, and I quote, you know, we talked all week about the true character of this football team, how it will reveal itself and how we responded. I am very proud again of the men in that locker room and how we came out and played today against a good football team, a really good football team. Everything that we do starts up front. To see us bounce back and run the ball like we did today for a franchise record of 320 was impressive. Total yards was 570. Then, on the defensive side of the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage there and stopping the run with 45 yards. Proud of the men and how they came out and bounced back and played. Everything that we talk about is just one at a time. We're going to enjoy tomorrow with our families. Enjoy Christmas. We're going to get back here on Monday at 1 o'clock. Put this game to bed and get ready for Tampa. Our mindset is still the same it's about winning today and quote and here's what i appreciate about this and 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 i know in the grand scheme of things it's not very much but what i do appreciate out of that takes though is that he hit on all the things we have talked about he hit on the run game he hit on the offensive line being a big part of it he hit on the number uh, a number that we have asked for multiple times He hit on defensively how stopping the run and making quarterbacks beat a very good defensive backfield. We'll talk about J.C. Horn here in a minute. He hit on all the things that are the identity of this team while using repeatedly the word identity. Uh, Again, i will be disappointed if we come out Sunday against Tampa and do anything other than what we did against Detroit, at least in terms of, obviously, I'm not expecting you know, 235 yards in the half again. But if we do anything other than repeat the game plan against Tampa Bay that we did against Detroit, I will be disappointed because quotes like this show me, though, that he gets this team. He understands this team. He understand, uh, understands how this team is built, how it needs to be run to win. And I find some, uh, some comfort, some solace in that. Yeah.
0: Well, kind of heard the same thing before and then pittsburgh happened okay you give me two weeks of consistent running game two weeks of of all the things that we've seen are a possibility then i could be more positive about it but i i just you know it comes down to game planning and it comes down well it comes down to coaching and coaching hasn't been consistent it's hard for the players to be consistent when coaching hasn't been consistent. If you come out, and you have the same game plan and you stick to it this week. I'm going to be happy. Panthers fans are going to be happy because it's going to be a win over Tampa Bay, and it's going to it's going to lead to first place.
1: Talking further about the run game, he talked about the fact that, and you know, I said this in the Monday wrap up pod, uh, talking about Detroit. I said, "Hey, look, I think that this team got embarrassed." By Pittsburgh, right? Like I, I absolutely think that at the end of that game, when they sat in the locker room and they looked at each other, like, "What the hell was that?" That's not okay. He said this talking about the run game. I can't really tell you in regards to their side. I can just tell you that our guys were challenged. We got embarrassed last week in so many fashions, but they bounced back and showed their true character and how we practiced this week. And most importantly, how he came out today and performed. Those guys up front accepted the challenge. The offensive line I'm talking about was coming off the ball. Deontay had 165 rushing. Very impressive. Chuba came in and did his job. Look at Raheem Blackshear came in and did his job. It was just a collective effort across the board. So my speculations, though, according to Wilkes, uh, was correct in that this team looked at that game against Pittsburgh in the rearview mirror and went, yeah, no, 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 no. Can't do that again. Uh, Getting humbled up, getting ego checked, Lonzo, getting ego checked is a really, really good way to take your performance to the next level. I'm glad Wilkes said that because now we know that it's a team that at least has a little bit of pride about itself.
0: Oh, for sure. And we've all been ego checked, including you and I. And it's, it's not fun. It's absolutely not fun. You can respond one way or another, especially in the situation that, that uh, the Panthers are in right now, you can respond by going, yeah, we're done. We're making our plans. We're not going to – I mean, I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm going to, you know, Japan. I don't know. I'm going somewhere on vacation because I'm not going to be here playing football because we're done. And I'm just going to take it easy the next couple of weeks and and not get hurt. That was it. It's over. But it's not over. And they have pride, and that pride was wounded good. Now, let's, let's see you do the same thing after a victory that you just did after a loss. Do you have to have the same exact results? Man, I hope so because I can't stay in Tampa Bay, and I want to see Tom Brady throwing things in, and being done for the season. So, absolutely, I want to see this. Actually, I want to see more. But will we? I hope so. Man, I hope so. Yeah,
1: you know, it's, it's easy sometimes uh, to take a shot to the mouth, to get smacked across the face. Those and are, to come out swinging harder uh, the next time around. It's another thing to get a dub like that, to get a dominant dub like that, and be able to come out the next week and do it again, right? Because you're coasting that high, you're riding hey, that Rob, high.
0: That wasn't a punch, that was a slap. And a slap is more offensive than a punch. That's a fact. If someone walks up and slaps you in the face, that's totally different to getting punched in the nose.
1: Right. The 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 Pittsburgh game was a slap in the mouth. I would agree with that. Then they came out and responded by slapping Detroit in the mouth last week. Let's see if they turn around and do it to Tampa as well. Like I said, it's 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 easy to get hit in the face and then go berserker mode on it and come out swinging double-handed uh, and laying some haymakers. It's another thing when you've just knocked a guy out and you're riding that high not to coast. I mean, hell, that is the entire plot of Rocky Three, right? Like, you get comfortable and that fire goes out a little bit. The, I will tell you this. Winner loss aside, unless we just get drummed, winner loss aside, a lot of my opinion on whether Wilkes is a guy or not uh, moving forward, though, a lot of that is going to be determined for me based on the attitude of this football team and how they roll out on the field on Sunday, right? If they come out this weekend and they look like they are just kind of ho-hum, whatever, like, oh, coasting out there, like, hey, did y'all see what we did to Detroit? Everybody look out then that will tell me that while everybody might like him, he's not doing enough to get him motivated. If the team comes out and performs, I'm not saying wins. I'm just saying performs like they did against Detroit. I will be much more confident saying this dude is the dude. The body language, the effort, I think, uh, against Tampa Bay is going to go a long way in determining whether Steve Wilkes gets this job or not. Play calling and final score regardless. Yeah, this is
0: a, this is really a mental thing with the Carolina Panthers. Knowing they've only won back to back one time all year, a- a- and now they got to do it again. Knowing they've only won one away game, now they got to do that again. So they got to get past the mental hurdle that has got to be in their heads. What? Why can't we get over this? Why can't we get over this? Why can't we consistently win? They've got to do that, and they've got to play like that. Especially the defense. The defense has has let us down. Um, And they're better than that.
1: Last thing I wanted to bring up real quick. And then when we come back, we'll get into some of the moves and whatnot that took place uh, after the, uh, after the Detroit game Uh, in the last answer that I wanted to get to from Steve Wilkes in this presser, they talked about the uh, the run game and kind of how it played out. And he gave a lot of credit to Ben McAdoo, he said, quote, we constantly talk about trying to stay ahead of the curve, trying to be a little innovative in the things that we're doing because we feel like we do have the personnel. You saw a little bit of that today. Some of the window dressing, getting out on the perimeter with Black Shear going one way, and then all of a sudden here comes LaVisca. Uh, So I like all the creativity, and now we're just looking for the consistency moving forward. And, and, and I wanted to get into this because as I, I rewatched that game Monday before we cut the pod, uh, I rewatched some highlights of it again earlier today before we cut this pod. One thing that I noticed in this game that I thought was very impressive and does need to be called out a little bit more, uh, one thing you don't see a lot of really at any level of football because it's very, very difficult to orchestrate because if one guy's on the wrong page, it'll blow up, uh, was the offensive line blocking schemes that they were throwing. Uh, we know that Detroit was putting extra men into the box because of how successful the run game had been. But one thing I noticed Carolina was doing that I was very impressed with was throwing a couple of different split block schemes at Detroit. That is to say, uh, if they were going run block left, they might have the backside of the offensive line. Instead of coming off, firing off, getting to the second level to make a block, Set up in a pass pro blocks, kind of step back and over in a pass pro. And one things that one of the things that was doing was freezing Alex Anzalone and the rest of the Detroit uh, linebackers, right? Because if you're a backside backer, you've got the pursuit angle to play lateral across the football field before that def- uh, before that running back is able to pick up any chunks. Uh, but when you look into the backfield and you're seeing an offensive lineman set in a pass pro. And a quarterback who's moving the other way, you have to lock in for a minute to make sure he doesn't bootleg back out, to make sure he doesn't hit a little running back flare that comes out your way, and now all of a sudden that guy is running scot free. It is very tough to do because if just one guy believes he's pulling a blocking scheme that's on the other side of the football field, a DL and LB gets through there, blows the whole thing up. It takes everybody being very, very trusting of each other and executing well for that kind of split block scheme to work. And Carolina did it quite a bit in the second half and to perfection. Once they realized just how efficient everybody was playing. Uh, As I said earlier, I don't think many of us believe Ben McAdoo is a long-term OC of this football team, but I crack a beer for a dude when a dude deserves it. And he did on Sunday or Saturday.
0: Yeah. He absolutely showed us something with his creative play calling. Uh, You do wonder where that was. Uh, earlier in the year Uh, and it may have to do with personnel and it also may have to do with pressure that possibly Wilkes is putting on him like hey we need to run the ball we need to run the ball we need to run the ball we can't do what we did last week we need to run the ball and maybe sometimes McAdoo gets too fancy and this time he looked and went hey we got these guys let's try this with these guys and then it worked can you do that two weeks in a row though can you be that innovative two weeks in a row? Can you play the same same plays that you did against Detroit, against Tampa Bay? Uh, is Tampa Bay's defense better than Detroit's defense? I don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out.
1: The views from Inch Street Podcast rolls on, Robin Lonzo. If you have not done it yet, do us a favor and share this podcast on your social media, ladies and gentlemen. So that we can put our voices into the earholes of more Panthers fans and continue to grow the show. All right, let us take a look at some of the news notes and headlines that have come up over the past couple of days. We will start with this. It is being reported by multiple outlets out of Charlotte that J.C. Horn did have surgery on his broken wrist earlier this week. He is listed as out. For the game against the Buccaneers game on uh for the game against the Buccaneers, pardon me, on Sunday. But JC Horn could be available for the week 18 game against New Orleans pending re-evaluation, which is set to happen at the beginning of next week. We know Keith Taylor and CJ Henderson will get the start. And, ladies and gentlemen, no, it is not 2015. Josh Norman will be in the backup role. The Josh Norman that played for that 15 NFC Championship squad has signed, was initially looked at uh, earlier in the year as a potential practice squad addition, is now going to be on the active roster against Tom Brady in a backup role behind Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson. But uh, all eyes going to be on J.C. Horn Lonzo because with a win without him, Coming up against Tampa Bay, his return against a New Orleans football team that started to find a little bit of offensive momentum this past weekend. Uh, They're going to get the hell beat out of it by the Eagles this weekend, I have no doubt. Nothing much that a team loves more than playing spoiler. Uh, And that's what New Orleans could be in that last week. It'll be big to get JC back for that. But the challenge against Tom Brady just got that much more difficult on due respect to Josh Norman.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you need to give due respect to, to Josh Norman. He was good in his day, but there's a reason why he wasn't on the team. Obviously, the, he still has something left or they would have brought him in as an insurance policy. And when he was on, he was on. South Carolina's zone, you know, so uh, Greenwood, South Carolina's own. Shout out to Greenwood. Uh, if you're listening to this in Iowa, you don't know where that is. But chances are there's a Greenwood in Iowa, so that's okay too. Uh, I'm glad that that they brought in some somebody to back up uh, the DBs. Uh, going and having surgery and having him back, the, the thing is, if he come, if he does come back, he's probably going to have to wear a cast, and that's going to make people want to throw against him even more. I don't know. He's such a valuable asset to the team going forward. I wouldn't let him come back. Uh, unless that thing's properly healed and you're in the playoffs. Would you let him come back? I don't, I, I know, I know a lot of things could be on the line, but this is a guy you want around for years.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, was the answer. I don't know, right? Like on one hand, you're like, you don't want to risk, you don't want to get on. On the other hand, I absolutely want to playoffs. I, I, week 18 sold it. Listen, if we lose to Tampa, it doesn't matter, right? We lose to Tampa, it doesn't matter. We lose to Tampa, Tampa's going to go to the playoffs. So uh, I guess the good news is that at least to some degree, the decision is made for you in that if we beat Tampa without him, I absolutely think you play him in week 18 against new Orleans. Even if it's only say as a nickelback role in clear and obvious passing situations, uh, then you absolutely play him. If you lose to Tampa without him, then no, you go ahead and you, you, you set him down for week 18 and you let him start working on that thing to get healthy next year, because we will absolutely need him at that point. Uh, real quick addition to that. And then I got one or two more things. Uh, Deontay Foreman named your NFC offensive player of the week. 0% shocked. Although, you know, I, I was thinking about this and we didn't even bring this up on the pot on Monday though. So Shuba Hubbard was the guy who set the standard for that run game against Detroit Saturday remember the opening two plays were both handoffs to Chuba Hubbard that went for like 30 plus uh he kind of got that ball rolling Deontay had such a big day that I think people kind of forgot about how good Chuba Hubbard was either way congrats to Deontay for the NFC player of the week I would say to both of them and Raheem Blackshear a uh one more time please can we run it back one more time please and thank you
0: yeah, that's a formula that's worked before, going with Chuba first and then let him get a little tired and then bring Deontay in uh, to the point where I was wondering if Foreman was going to play at all at first, the way Chuba was running the ball. And uh, he did, obviously. He came in, and I hope it's a, I hope this is one of those competitions between guys where they're like, I can get to 200 before you can because I want to see that happen. I'd love to see both of them get 200 yards against uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and they absolutely can if McAdoo and Will stick to the game plan.
1: All right, last one, and then we will cut you loose until Friday. Uh, there is a podcast called The Crew. It's hosted by Jose Anderson, and uh, <laughs> I'm saying this because I was watching the pod earlier, So mm-hmm. Terrell Owens is a host of this pod, or at least was on this version of this pod. And on, you know, like on StreamYard, you can put your little uh, you can put your little name up there like Rob Brown and Lonzo. Right. Uh, so T.O. says Hall of Famer Terrell Owens, parentheses to T.O. and parentheses. He wants to make sure you get all the names, get all the names up there. Uh, Anyway, Shaq Thompson was on that pod. And if you get a chance to listen to it. Uh, and and you want to add it, uh, it's worth a listen, but Shaq was on that pod and Shaq got to talking about Matt Rule. They asked him, like, what went wrong with the Matt Rule experiment, right? Why did it go sideways? And I'll just give you one quote that you can go find the pod and listen to it yourself if you want to. But Shaq said, quote, having somebody from college coming up and trying to tell people who have been in the league six to eight years, an MVP, an All-Pro player, and he's not listening to these guys. And then he went on for a little while about things, how things went sideways. Um, so exactly what I said I thought was happening, right? You get a college coach, and the the, the pre, in my opinion, the premier reason college coaches fail is that if you are an excellent college football coach, you are a god on the college campus you reside on. You can do no wrong. You could walk up and punch a fan in the face and they would thank you and give you money for it if you're a great college football uh coach. Except
0: it's it's, unless you're Woody Hayes. Then, unless you're well, then you can fine. walk up and that's it's a, it's a I, different era now. It's a different why, era.
1: That's why I specified punch a fan, Lanza. That's why I specified punch a fan. Oh, okay. All right. Cuz I was a player, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> So I think a lot of these guys, I think Urban Meyer was in this group. I think Steve Spurrier was in this group. I think Nick Saban was in this group. They show up and they think that you can take the tyrant dictator mentality that you have on a college campus and transfer it to the NFL and it's going to work. No, it's not. No, it's not. These are professionals and they're grown ass men. Matt Rule with his OOUBS has been put on full display by shaq thompson and i don't know what it is about this particularly Zo, that makes me say this i'm pretty sure i can comfortably say this is my last matt rule story because i don't think anything else can be added to what shaq just said
0: all right so so i do i have a problem with this to a, to a degree because this is an employee saying the boss comes in and thinks he can tell me what to do and, and I get it's different that it's football, but at the same time, it's not. It's a new boss coming in telling you, hey, here's how I want to do things. And you're like, I don't have to do that because you came from here. You didn't come from where normal coaches come from, which I still don't know how that happens. I mean, where, where do NFL coaches come from? Do they not come from college? Because from what I understand, a lot of NFL coaches actually came from college. So – do those guys not get listened to or do they have to come in and be in a consultant mm-hmm. role to a assistant coach and then have to work their way up through the ranks before they get the respect of the employee. I don't know. And maybe it comes down to the fact that the manager in me is offended um, by that wording, I guess. And, and, and I do get it. I, I do get it. If, if you, especially if you are, if you have a manager come in with, a, and you're under his thumb all the time, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And you're what you're used to is it being free to the point where you go and do your own thing. And now you got someone in in there micromanaging. I get it, um, but I don't get how this is, this has got to be one of the only professions. Well, professional sports, period where you can say the boss can't come in and tell me what to
1: do. Uh I will Lonzo, one day teach you all about the National Basketball Association. <laughs> I uh look. See, that's the problem,
0: Rob. Back in my day, back in my day, uh, didn't I have, absolutely we didn't, did. we didn't let this happen. The coach would bench you if you if you said all that stuff. Yep. And I realized and the coach bench- is gone.
1: And if you bench a guy now who is a stud, you get a demand to be traded and somebody swoops him up and makes him a pro bowler and you lose football games. There has been a shifting in the attitude of how these organizations lead. And here's the thing. If you win, nobody cares, because if you win, people will get in line and line up to follow you. But if you are being that guy and you're also getting your butt roped like Matt Rule was, why is anybody going to line up to follow that? It's 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 a very simple formula to me, ladies and gentlemen. Lonzo, before we get up out of here and get set up for the Friday Buccaneer pregame version, any final words for the people?
0: If you say back in my day, you're old. Take that. Yeah, that's uh, that's your lesson for today, kids.
1: Back in my day. All right. That is going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. The Friday episode will drop on. Shocking, I know. Friday afternoon, we will have an entire preview. Tactics, breakdowns, players, X's, O's, and more of the game between Carolina and Tampa coming up this weekend. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, again, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you got your notifications on so you don't miss an episode. Share us around on your social circle, and we will see you back here on Friday. Keep pounding, baby!